Yeah, okay. Anyway, this week's Parsha Shmois, I'm sorry. And uh, the Parsha Shmois, Torah tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu was chosen by Kodesh Baruch Hu to take Klai Yisrael out of Mitzrayim, to lead them from Mitzrayim, through Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, to get the Torah and to go into Eretz Yisrael. The Torah starts off with the Klai Yisrael suffering in Mitzrayim. They were enslaved in Mitzrayim. And Kodesh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu, who was in Midian, go to, go to Tel Parai, the king of Mitzrayim, and tell them, tell him he should... He should let the, the, let my people go, right? Let the Jews go. Leave Mitzrayim, and and if Moshe Benu refuses, it takes about seven days. Gets, gets angry at him. It's what Torah says, and then he agrees to go. But in the course, in the very beginning of the conversation, Hakadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Benu, he says, "V'shamu they're you're going to go to Mitzrayim. You're going to tell them that Hashem appeared to you, and the, and and the time of the Gula has come, time of the redemption has come, and they're going to and they're going to listen." And you and the Zikne Yisrael, the elders, are going to go to Parai. And you're going to tell them, Hashem says we should leave. You should let us go for three days. And the next passage is, And I know that Parai is not going to let you go. He's going to keep you in Mitzrayim until the very end, until I, until I really punish them, and, he, and, he, and he's going to let, let you out. So it's a very interesting set of two Pesachim, because the Pasuk says, that Kaddish Baruch Hu said, they're going to listen to you, and you're going to come with the Zikanim to Parai. We know at the end of the parsha, though, that when Moshe Rabbeinu went to Parai, he went, he went, they, he granted them, and the people believed him. And as he was going to Parai to make the demands, they all, you know, one by one, they just, they they left him. And he ended up when he went to Parai, it was just him and Aaron. So the pasuk seems to say, why is the pasuk telling, telling him something about how it's not going to work? They're, they're not going to come. They're not going to come with you. And aside, the second thing is, we know that Parai actually was willing at some point to let the Jews go. It just at that point. For whatever reason, it's a discussion we're showing him why it is. But the Torah says at that point, the Kodesh Baruch Hu didn't allow him to let the Jews go. He he made his heart hard, and he refused to let them go. It wasn't by his own volition at that point. So it's a strange set of tupsukim. We were saying, sort of in the beginning of when he was being appointed, Kodesh Baruch Hu was telling him two things which didn't exactly pan out. So why, why was that significant? And what's the what's the juxtaposition of the two, these two points? We'll try to come back to that. And also, at the end of the parsha, when after Moshe goes to Parai and he says. Let the, let them go, and Pari comes back and says, "Oh, they they're 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 not working hard enough, and therefore they have all these ideas of freedom to make life much harder for them." So things got worse. And Moshe Rabbeinu says to Hashem, "He says you you you've made the, people are complaining to Moshe you made things worse for us." And Hashem comes to Moshe says to Hashem, "Why did you make things worse for them? Why did you send me? You didn't you didn't you, and I haven't helped them." And Hashem says, "Oh, Atasira, now you're going to see what I'm going to do to Pari, and you're going to see that I'm going to make." Anisim and the miracles and be taken out of its rhyme. And the Chazrashi brings from Chazal that you, oh, you're questioning me, so now you're going to see the Nisim of Tisim Shrine, but you're not going to see the Nisim going into Eretz Yisrael. So, but, for, but for the simple reading of the Pasuk, it's like, okay, now now that you complained, now you're going to see, now you're going to see the, the miracles. What, well, how was that a, an impetus for him to see the miracles now that he was complaining? Okay, so that's what that's we're going to discuss. So Moshe Benu was, was the leader of Kali Yisrael. The Pasuk tells us in, in Parshish in Parshish Matas, when Moshe Benu, when the last battle Moshe Benu was going to fight with Midian, it was that uh, um, he he said you're going to get have this battle and then you're going to then you're going to die. So he had to go get the, the people to join the army. And it says the pasuk says, "By must Reuben Israel, they were given over." Meaning the people didn't want to did not want to go join the battle because they knew this was going to be Moshe's last battle. So if they could push it off, he would continue to live. And Rashi brings from Chazal that. You see how precious the leaders of Kaisal are to the people? Because while he was alive, 
it was, the Torah is full of stories where they were, they were giving my Shabbat a very hard time. But now that he's going to die, they didn't want him to die. So it's a question, wait a minute, how do you see from there that they're so precious? Because if the whole time they're giving him a hard time, that doesn't seem to be proof that they were, they were, they were chavit to them. So it would seem, the answer would seem to be that uh, a leader, a leader, Moshe Rabbeinu, we know he was, he was the, the he was a king, he had a status of a king of Kali at the time, and he was also, we know, Torah says he was an of Mikolod, he was the most humble of people. How do you, how do you, how do you, how do you uh, drive those two points? Is that he was an of meaning Moshe Rabbeinu understood that it wasn't about him. He understood everything he had came from Hashem. He was appointed. It was his job. It was his role. It was something that he was supposed to do and he could do. So Moshe Rabbeinu understood that his role was not about himself. He was he was the leader of the people. But he was for the people. He was the people's leader. It wasn't about him. It was about the people. He was completely selfless in that regard. And therefore, we can understand, perhaps we can understand that Rashi and Parashat Samantha is that, it, that why was he, why, why is it proof that he was so precious to them that they gave him a hard time while he was alive? Because since they felt so close to him and they realized that he was just about them, and he was them, so if, he, if, it's, if you give yourself a hard time, it, it, it wasn't like he was separate from them. But now that he was dying, they were sad. He was leaving them. They're, 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 so it was all part of the same feeling of closeness that they had to him. That Moshe Rabbeinu's dedication and selflessness to them. And if that's if that's what we, if that's the case, we can understand. Perhaps we can answer these questions that we're saying uh, on the parasha. We said, why was it important to tell Moshe Rabbeinu right away, and when the leader of Kaisrael, that the Canaanites are going to go with you? And we know, in fact, that they dripped away slowly. They didn't even come. The answer is because that Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem is telling him, "You're the leader of Kaisrael. You're you're going to go. You're going to gather this Canaanite. They're going to come with you. But you know what?" It's going to end up being just you. You're going to be the one, because it's all about you. You are about them. Even if they don't come with you, it's still you're doing it for them. You're still going. And if, if that's what your role is, to be for them, even when they're not assisting you. Just like we say in Barashas Matas, they're going to give you a very hard time. It's a selfless thing of Moshe Rabbeinu representing the people, the embodiment of, of Kali Yisrael. And in fact, we asked the question, what it, we, he says, and I know that Pari's not going to listen, but we said, what do you mean, Pari didn't listen? Eventually he wanted to listen. Hashem prevented him from listening. So the Pasuk tells us in Barashas Bai, that we're going to talk about the story, toyed with Mitzrayim, and he's punished them. What was the toying with Mitzrayim? So I wanted people to explain the toying with Mitzrayim was because at that point, that Kashbarko didn't even give them the ability to do tshuva, they didn't even give them the ability to, to let the Jews go. So what, was the, what was the point of that? So, so we'll use the Rambam's explanation. The point is that a person can do so many terrible things that Kashbarko prevents from them the ability to fix it. It takes away the ability from them to do tshuva. It could become so bad. So when they were being punished at that point, it wasn't even about punishing them for them. It was punishing them to show everybody that you have to realize you have to be careful for your future generations, for Kaliswa, for everybody in the world, to know that you could just become, do so much bad that you could lose the ability to fix it. So that's the Salalti. So we're saying, so that's perhaps the juxtaposition of these two psukim. Kaddish Baruch was telling Moshe, you're going to be the leader, you're going to come with you, and we know they're not even going to come with you. They're not going to come with you because it's really, you're just doing it for them. It's all about... It's all about them, but you're doing it. It's not about yourself. And the same thing is true what happened with Pare. Pare is losing, it says, he's not going to send you out. We know. Why didn't he send you out? Because the Kodesh Baruch took away his Bechira. But he took away his Bechira because the point was not about him. It was about others. The same way that your leadership is, is, is not about you. It's about others. So too, Pare losing his ability to, to, to do tshuva, losing his ability to correct himself, do the right thing. It was also not about him anymore when he was punished. It was about others. Now, but we asked... At the end of the parsha, why was it when Moshe Benu started, you know, complaining to Hashem and he said, "You're hurting the people. You're making, making things worse by making me go to Pari. And he says, "And now, now you're going to see the the, the that happened in, that happened in Eretz Yisrael. It happened in leaving Mitzrayim, the wonders of the, and the miracles. But you're not going to see the miracles going into Eretz Yisrael." That's what Rashi brings from Chazal. So he said, 
Why is it that now you're going to see the miracles? Well, now we can understand, first of all, the first part. Why are you going to see the miracles? Because now that you showed that you're willing to stand up for Klai Yisrael, you put yourself at risk. You, you went back and forth back on Hashem. Why are you sending me? You shouldn't have sent me. You're just making things worse for them. You saw it wasn't about you. It was about Klai Yisrael. You, 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 you understood your role as the leader and defender of the people. But why wouldn't he be able to go into Eretz Yisrael because of that? Even though Rashi seems to learn it's like sort of a, a punishment because of, because of he, he complained, but perhaps you could say differently. The Pasuk says in, in, in Parshish Tvarim, when it talks about the sin of the spies, the Meraglim, the Jews were punished. They couldn't go into Eretz Yisrael for 40 years because they sent spies into, into, into Eretz Yisrael. It also says, though, when they came back and they cried, um, it, was, it, was, it was established as a day of Dobi Toba crying for, for always. That, that night was Tisha B'Av, it's the saddest night of the year. But the Pasuk says in Parshish Tvarim, Begam bi Hisanaf Hashem Beglachem. Pasuk says, like Moshe Rabbeinu said, because of you did the Chet Meraglim, I also got punished. And that doesn't seem to pan out in the, in the Pesukim, because Moshe Rabbeinu was not punished for the Meraglim. Moshe Rabbeinu was punished for something totally unrelated, for the, for the, for the water by Mimariva. It was a totally different thing, and nothing to do with Meraglim. So, so they asked the question, why in the world would he, why would he say he got punished because of the Meraglim? So the Archaim HaKadosh says, and this is what we're finishing up over here, he says, the reason why he said he got punished is because Gemara tells us that if Moshe Rabbeinu would have built the base on Mikdash, it could never have been destroyed. Because that's what's special about Moshe Rabbeinu. I don't want to get into all the specific points. But it happens to be, we also know, that because the base of Mikdash was destroyed, the terrible punishment was supposed to come on the people. But because the base of Mikdash was destroyed, the people were saved. And that's also Gemara. So, so, so Moshe Rabbeinu says, because you did the Chet and Meraglam, and because the, the base of Mikdash had to be destroyed, because of that, because it was a, I, I, I had to get punished, I had to get punished to prevent you from being destroyed. So I also couldn't go into Eretz Yisrael. So it could be because of, because if I would have gone to Eretz Yisrael, then you would have been destroyed. And not the base of Mikdash being, not the base of Mikdash being destroyed. So therefore, because of the Chet and Raglam, I couldn't go into Eretz Yisrael. So we see that Moshe Rabbeinu not going into Eretz Yisrael, again, was about a selfless thing, about taking a punishment for himself just to save Kal Yisrael. So if that's the case, we can understand why. At the Sira, yes, what, what's, why now you, you complained about what Hashem did Kali Yisrael. Now you're going to see the Moshim of the time. You're not going to go into Eretz Yisrael because it's all the same thing. Now you're going to see the Moshim because you're now you're the leader. You're deserving of your You're selfless. But also, you're not going to be able to go into Eretz Yisrael for the same reason because you're selfless because if you were going to Eretz Yisrael, you may go in, but Kali Yisrael eventually would have suffered from it. So you, and you're the leader and you're selfless and, that's not the, and you know, it cannot be. Now it sounds like a little bit, talking about leadership and selflessness seems very very lofty and not relatable to, to each and every one of us. But the fact is that everybody in their life has a sphere of influence. Everybody in their life has a, has a family, has friends, has co-workers, the people that they, they, they deal with all the time. If you want to help people, you've got to help them for them. You can't help people for yourself. Help, helping people, leading people is about selflessness. And every one of us can do that and have a rich house.